Lecture Topic Opposing the West The Lessons of Ashura Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-lazeen astafa Amma ba'du fa'audhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim وَمَنْ يُعَظِّمْ شَعَائِرَ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهَا مِنْ تَقْوَى الْقُلُوبِ صَدَقَ اللَّهُ الْعَظِيمِ Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters Allah Ta'ala's countless favors keep showering down upon us all the time Whenever this statement is made Often our mind only runs towards material things, material favors, material bounties. While those are also definitely the bounties of Allah Ta'ala. But the greater and more important bounties are the bounties of Deen. So we had been blessed with the month of Zul Hijjah which is still in its last days which was a very very auspicious time and it is one of the sacred months Ashurul Hurum but just as this is one of the sacred months it is now followed by another very sacred month the month of Muharram this was discussed many times before that there are four sacred months in the year which Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran Sharif إِنَّ عِدَّةَ الشُّهُورِ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ اثْنَا عَشَرَ شَهْرًا فِي كِتَابِ اللَّهِ يَوْمَ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ مِنْهَا أَرْبَعَةٌ حُرُمٌ Allah Ta'ala has decreed the system of 12 months in the year and among those 12 months, 4 are sacred. So the three months run consecutively, Zul Qa'da, Zul Hijjah and Muharram. And the fourth month is Rajab. But many scholars are of the view that of the four sacred months, these very auspicious and very sacred months, Muharram has the greatest significance compared to the other three. So all are sacred, all are very great, but among them also Muharram has even very great special significance in some ways compared to the other months. So now this is again having just left some the month of, or as we leave Zul Hijjah, we enter into another very, every day of Muharram has a special virtue, the fast each day's fast is equivalent to the fast of one month and some other virtues as well which will be inshallah discussed next week which are more related to the 10th of Muharram but there's a very big lesson that also comes to us, there are many lessons in fact but one very very important lesson which we wish to just dwell on a little bit for this discussion and which comes from the lesson in the month of Muharram, the lesson of Ashura the occasion of Ashura, the 10th of Muharram this is established from Hadith Sharif Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had asked the sahaba ikram to fast on this day and Nabi Islam himself observed the fast of this day and among the things that were 
thought to the Ummah was that Nabi had mentioned on an occasion when it was brought to his attention that the Yahud also fast on this day so he said to them that fast on the 9th and 10th or the 10th and 11th Sumu Ashura wa Khaliful Yahud now this is the context in which this instruction was given it is not farz, it is not wajib to fast on the 10th of Muharram but it is a very important sunnah and we should try if somebody does not keep it there is no uh, accountability for it so therefore somebody must not be looked down upon because they didn't keep it they haven't committed a sin but if we can manage to keep it we should try because it is a very great virtue and especially in the winter months very very easy time is so short there is hardly any adjustments to make it's just like having skipped uh, lunch a late breakfast almost or rather a little, little bit earlier breakfast and a late lunch supper almost be, is like a late lunch so very easy we should try but at the same time we should not look down upon anybody they didn't keep it because it's not farz or wajib so in any case the instruction came in this context when Abhi Sassam said fast in the month of uh, fast on the 10th of Ashura together with the 9th it came in the context where preceded to that was this statement Sumo Ashura wa Khaliful Yahud do keep the fast of Ashura in other words don't let this become a barrier that the Yahud are fasting on this day so then we should probably not fast on this day because otherwise we are going to be resembling the Yahud you continue you fast because you are not fasting in emulation of them you are not fasting because you are copying them or you trying to follow in their way they are fasting for whatever their reason is but you were fasting on the instruction of Nabi Wasallam even before you got to know that they are fasting so this is not in resemblance of them this is something totally away from what they are doing but it is nevertheless just corresponding by chance with something that they are doing so don't stop you continue so the fast of the 10th of Muharram is a very fast the importance of this can be also ascertained from this that prior to Ramadan becoming compulsory it was this one fast in the year that was compulsory so that too tells us how important it is what a great sunnah it is after Ramadan became compulsory then the compulsion of the 10th of Muharram was no more applicable it became a nafil fast but a sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so Nabi Sallallahu said to them no you continue fasting do not stop but do one more thing you add a fast to it fast on the 9th and 10th or the 10th and 11th now what and rather you keep two fasts now you are doing something different entirely they are fasting one day and you are fasting two days so in this way even the outer resemblance won't remain anymore now this is the lesson this is the very very important lesson now again to think about all the angles of what was just said number one fasting is a very great ibadat fasting was not something which started off with the Yahud this fasting started off on the command and on the instruction of Nabi Kareem 
So the fast of Ashura, the Beast Asim himself commanded, and he instructed the Ummah to keep this fast. The Yahud had been fasting as a thanksgiving that Musa salam and the Bani Israel were saved from Fir'aun on the 10th of Muharram. So therefore as a thanksgiving, they were fasting. Uh, resemblance to was just very very outwardly, in reality there was no resemblance. Despite all this, Nabi Wasallam still did not leave it as it was. And he asked them to change it. Now let us put that in front of us and now consider the many many things that we do and where it originated from. This, this is the point to now think about. Fasting didn't originate from the Yahud. Fasting was not really resembling them in reality. But there were just some outer sort of resemblance but that too was not left as is that too was changed now let us consider very carefully many things that we do where it originated from now just to take one more glaring example which is a very common issue which we discuss over and over again and which we will inshallah continue to discuss over and over again the styles of clothing that are adopted by our Muslim sisters and it's becoming the norm in many places Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us where did this start off from? where did this emanate from? who originated it? for example let us take one simple and very glaring example who were the first people to wear jeans and tops? this was something unheard of in the Muslim community let alone the Muslim community any community that had any sense of haya any sense of shame they never heard of such a thing never saw such a thing never could dream of such a thing the community that lost the haya first they started it off they started adopting it and through the media it was glamorized then now others started making issues about it that no but we doing it just like this and like that and whatever this that and the other but where it started off from who originated it so whose way are we taking we taking the way of that community who adopted it first because they lost their haya first and when they lost their haya and adopted it people at that time who were still with their haya they were shocked they were utterly shocked tight-footing garments who started it off where the shape of the body is visible and it's worn without any issue who started it off where it originated from from the same community that lost all their haya it started off from those who had no truck with haya whatsoever now started off with them and then same story the exposure to the media and then gradually the brainwashing and went on and on until others started taking it then somebody in the community took it and others all were shocked and uh, they were really astounded how can somebody wear this Muslim girl wearing like this 
But then the Muslim girl, one, then the other one started, then the third one started, then the whole lot of girls started. Then they became mothers. So once upon a time, when it started off, it was only daughters that started it off. The mothers wouldn't dream about it. If somebody suggested it to a mother at that time, she would be totally embarrassed and ashamed that somebody even suggested it to her. But she was making her daughter wear it because her daughter wanted to wear it or because she also had it in her heart that she was inclined to it. But she never had the audacity to wear it because there was still some shame. But now the daughter grew up wearing it. So now the daughter grew up wearing it. See, you know, she's a child. So she's small. But how long she's going to stay small? And how long she's going to be a child? So the child became a mother one day. So now the mother is wearing it too. And the child is wearing it. And now as time passed, that child who was wearing it became a mother and now she's a grandmother also. And now she does become the life now. So now that grandchild and child that are growing up in front of her, all they know is that this is the style to adopt. This is how you dress. This is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Everything is okay. But where it started off from? Who originated it? And if Nabi Karim had to be present in dunya or come in dunya for one moment in this time and age that won't happen just as a point of thought first to imagine if that had to happen and not only Nabi Wasallam, even any sahabi let alone the sahaba even any tabi'i let alone the tabi'in even the pious people in the eras that followed for many many centuries thereafter so let alone right at the top even if you go back just maybe one century to, not even so far up, just one century, they will be so utterly shocked that that itself might give them a heart attack and they'll die at the same time, again. And if the Nabi Sallallahu had to see it, will he ever be happy about it? Would it hurt him or please him? That's the question. Would it please him or hurt him that this is what the Ummah adopting, this is what the daughters of the Ummah are wearing, this is what the mothers of the Ummah are wearing now, would he be pained or would he be happy? Now he was not even ready to leave this outer resemblance of the fasting, whereas fasting is an ibadat that the Muslims perform on their own, it's got nothing to do with what the Jews do, but it just had a little bit of outer resemblance. Nabi Sassam didn't leave it, he changed it. So now if he but this kind of dressing, this kind of lifestyle, and this is just one example, as mentioned, is one example. Apart from this one example, there are many, many things. Take the weddings that go on, for example, other things. How it is done, what is done, what is the manner in which people conduct themselves in these places. So if Nabi Sallallahu went to see this, would it pain him, or he'd be okay with it? So anybody who has the slightest understanding of deen, slightest understanding of the sunnah slightest understanding of what Nabi Islam taught they'll be able to take not one qasam hundred qasams and say Nabi Islam will be greatly pained by this it will break his heart now this is the lesson of Ashura among the lessons this is the lesson of Ashura that what are we doing, how are we conducting ourselves, what are we wearing what, are we, what is our dressing like what are we dressing our children with and we are feeling very comfortable about it we are feeling it's all fine it's getting shorter by the day it's getting tighter by the day and and nobody is 
feeling anything wrong with it. Why? Because that haya is going away. It's already gone or going away. Now the more that haya is gone, it is like a person getting blind. So now there was a, a lot of dirt and filth and muck around. So the person was seeing it initially. And every time the person saw that muck and filth, the person got nauseous, maybe even brought up. But then gradually the sight started failing. And now the person is, if it's slightly dull, a slightly dull day, he didn't even notice it well. But they saw something lying around. But then the person got even more, uh, the sight failed even more, became partially blind. So I can hardly see what muck is around. And then Allah forbid the person became totally blind. So now what muck and filth is around, person has no idea. He says, no, but nothing wrong, everything is fine. Why is fine? Because he's blind, he can't see what's the dirt around. But somebody with sight, they are feeling totally nauseous. They are bringing up, they think they can't, they can't even think about this. They can't stay there in that place for one more moment. So now unfortunately, when the spiritual sight becomes blind, when the spiritual sight becomes blind, when the haya becomes blind, the spiritual sight becomes blind, then the haya goes away. Then all the qualities of Iman disappear. Now a person can't see what is the difference between what is right and wrong. A person can't distinguish what is good and bad. Because a blind person, what is good and what is dirt and filth, he can't see either one. So now like that person becomes spiritually blind, he can't see either one. So this is the very big lesson that we learn. That we have to start focusing and considering every aspect in the light of what Nabi Sallallahu taught us and what is resembling the Jews, the Yahud and Nasara to shun that and know very well that if we are adopting something that has originated from them and it's resembling them, their styles, their ways then this is hurting the Mubarak heart of Nabi Karim Sallallahu we should let this sink into our hearts let this sink into our hearts that this is hurting the Mubarak heart of Nabi Kareem wasallam. Many times people don't adopt certain things, maybe just a certain color. Nothing else, just a color, now a choice of color. Why? Because somebody else who we want to please, somebody whose attention we want to attract, that person doesn't like this color, nothing else, just the color, nothing wrong with the color. That, uh, nothing wrong with the color. Uh, the color is just a secondary thing and in other words in deen also that particular color there is no problem with it the, the garment is perfectly right in terms of haya etc but now the person is just adopting a particular color because that color is more pleasing to the one whose attention they want to attract simply it might be the spouse it might be one sister for example or whatever whoever so now the point is that we do these things, we make these choices. We make these choices for what? Because people around us who we want to please, they have certain preferences. They, uh, they feel better about something, they, they have a certain preference for a certain color, a certain style or whatever the case is. So now when we do these kind of things and make these choices for people around us, what about making the choices that will please Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam, that will bring happiness to his Mubarak heart? On the day of Qiyamah, we will need his shafaat and intercession. We will be looking for his uh, 
Mubarak hand to grant us the water of Kawsar, that is what we'll be waiting for. We'll be looking for his intercession so that we gain a place under the Arsh of Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah. Now, when that is what we will want on the day of Qiyamah, should we not be making an effort to please him and to take the choices that he will be happy about? And what he is happy about, that is what Allah Ta'ala is happy with. If we are doing something which Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi is not happy with, then Allah Ta'ala is not happy with that. Because Allah Ta'ala has declared this. قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهُ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ So in any case, this is what we have to now work on and become very conscious about what we do, what we wear, where we go, how we conduct ourselves, our behavior, and likewise these kind of issues, weddings, other issues, what is happening, how it's happening, we need to become conscious about doing it in the way that Nabi Sallallahu has taught us and in particular, very very particular that it is not coming from the styles and the ways of the Yahud and Nasara because that becomes a very serious matter to emulate their ways or taking something to heart which came from them though we might say that we are not emulating them because it's now become such a common thing but when something has originated from them then that's the point it's originated from them so how can we take it to heart when it's originated from them in terms of a way of life originated from them in terms of a style in terms of a fashion that that kind of thing how can we adopt that because that is a style that's a way of life and the way of life that can never be taken that we adopt their way of life so Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we uh we become conscious about this, we take this lesson to heart and we review what we are doing, what we are wearing, what we are doing in life. That is what we need to now uh, work on. Inshallah, Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala save us from emulating the ways of the Yahud and Nasara. Allah Ta'ala grant us the true love of the Sunnah. Grant us the love of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, such a love that will make us want to emulate his Mubarak way of life and make us shun the way of his enemies. Allah Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا لِلْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين وألحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم صلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه اجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين